0: Josh, I got a very important question. Kind of random, but it's sports related, and this is technically a sports podcast. So, like, you're a catcher, but, like, what other position, like, in sports, let me preface that, what sports position, like, do you, have, like, do you like have one that you like more? I have two. You have two. All right.
1: So the first one, I'll stay with my sport. Definitely the shortstop. Shortstop? And the re- reason why is because if you look across, we'll just be more so in professional sports. We'll stay there. First, all right. so if you look across Major League Baseball and you look at all the shortstops, they normally look the best on the field. They normally they normally have the most as you would call drip, drip. on the field. Nice. They are normally with one of the better athletes. So the bottom line is, I'm envious of the of these said shortstops. You want to know why? They got drip. I have drip. That ain't the question. Okay. The the real the bottom line <laughs> is is drip. the the how athletic they are. I envy that. Because I wasn't gifted with that said athleticism. So now I'm going to bounce to my football favorite position. Okay. Without a single doubt, okay. I changed it from before we were on air. All right. Definitely defensive back.
0: DBs. DB. Okay. <laughs> you, originally you said quarterbacks, and then you just saw what you said, and I was thinking, oh, he's about to go back offensive line. No, defensive backs. DBs. Do so you like athletic freaks, basically?
1: I do. And if you also look on the field, most defensive backs have the most drip. And one okay. of my favorite okay. so defensive then. backs – to suit up every week, Kyir Elam. Okay. I love I love how he dresses for the games. Yeah. And they always just have that swagger. They, they do. They always just have that you freak got, athletic ability.
0: They you have to be, like almost overconfident to play that position. Like it's a part of the gig. Like you have to be, a like uber confident individual, because you have especially in like today's game playing defensive back. You have to be. Just different because it's such an offensive game like such football is such an mm-hmm. offensive game especially like for quarterbacks and receivers and i don't think that's a bad thing necessarily it's just it's so hard to play db because like you pretty much and you have to be pretty good at cheating without getting away with cheating you're absolutely right there because you got to have like a little pi in you you, you got to have a little bit of pass interference but then you can't be super obvious about it either it, it, it's it's a fine line i like that i got one and this might be cheating a little bit because I did technically used to play this position, but if you go through like the Suncast DMs, like especially the last couple ones. Um, I've been talking with a couple guys, St. Thomas and Kaiser's uh, uh, keepers, Neto and uh, Seabury, and dude, I love keepers. I, I, you know, I was a keeper growing up. I, that 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 was my main position. Like when I was in, I guess like middle school, element like yeah, more middle school. I started playing keeper. And then throughout high school, I started like actually training a lot more and like playing keeper and all that. And you got to be pretty much a psychopath to play that position. You you got to be you, you got to have that dog in you because kind of similar to offensive line, you don't your name's not going to get called a whole lot, but when it does, it's probably because you messed up. It's because you didn't save a shot you probably should have but you're out there sprawling getting kicked in the face body all over i mean that's why my nose is so crooked that's why we need to start the youtube why'd oh, like, you
1: have to bring that up what nobody knew that nobody noticed that
0: yeah it was not as bad now if you wouldn't say anything i wouldn't notice see you to. now everybody
1: that comes up these gonna notice
0: it's fine most people do anyways I get
1: now it's just staring me right in the face. Oh my god, side
0: profile is even worse. <laughs> but but like see see how it's like a little misshapen to the right. It used to be even yeah. more misshapen because I got kicked and it broke. It Used to be more misshapen. Then I got kicked again back so that it's way. It straightened up. It's straightened up. That's like a free <laughs> nose shop But but uh, yeah, you know what's what yeah. else uh, got really crooked uh, this weekend? The scoreboard in Lakeland. But we'll get into that later, won't we? Yeah, and I'll take care of that. Yeah. All right, let's get into a little bit of Sun Conference action. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Suncast. We have got an awesome, awesome, awesome interview. And I think we're having a really good episode today. I think the vibes are pretty high right now, per usual. I think they're higher than usual. Great vibes. Great vibes. Always great vibes. But we had a great interview today. Uh, coach Eric Potachini, head coach for Weber International University, came on. My head coach. He, uh, he came on. We know how. Your head coach and my head coach on. Uh, now I don't think about it. Uh, anyways. Take the hint, fellas. Yeah. Take the hint.
1: We it would works. love to have any head coach of any
0: program Please. on at any time. Please. I had one head coach uh, say he would love to come on, but for certain See, reasons. See, and the covered.
1: reason, there's a, there's a couple reasons why we would really appreciate head coaches, more head coaches coming on. And I, I deep down think that Coach Pooch and Coach Martin came on to support you and I yeah. as like something that we enjoy to do. And I'm sure they have their thoughts on it, how it's like, you know, I wouldn't call this necessarily legitimate, you know, it's like not a super big media outlet, but I genuinely think that they did it because Reagan and I both appreciate it. I think at the time Reagan I wasn't a part of Suncast no. when Colin was no, on that. There. Was, y'all but I do was think Sun. Coach Pooch did it for the sake of you and I. Yeah. And, um, and but we, go, ahead, it, go ahead. Adding on to that, I think there's a the few reasons why I think head coaches being on here would is really important is because one it kind of adds credibility to our podcast. Two, it gives a perspective on the personalities of different programs throughout the conference. And three, I think it, like, starts to give, like, it kind of adds on to the credibility. So, like, a lot more people that were like, on the water, it's like, is this even worth the listen? Like, maybe they see, like, a head coach being interviewed. They'd be like, oh, I'm I'm interested in that. Like, even potential coaches that coach other sports, high school, in the area right or even other so for example you transferred, i trans different different transfers you know different coaches that coached you in the past and maybe tuning they see another coach on there you know it just brings more more audience more consumers to to our podcast so i think it would be really important and we'd really appreciate if any other head coach would come on and your school allows it we would really look uh, like that so
0: yeah I mean, I mean you hit the nail on the head but actually i got um. Uh a little fun fact, a little SunCast history: the first person outside of Weber that came on at all uh, was Southeastern's former women's basketball coach Tim Hayes. Uh, that was one of the best interviews to date that, that that I can remember, and you know, you know, coaches are always or most of the time they're going to be good interviews. They know they're you know more mature and like know exactly, and, uh, not to say anything with like athletes or anything, obviously, but anyways having him on was a big reason why early on I was able to get more southeastern athletes on because it was like oh the women's basketball coach and i and I, I know you don't know a ton about basketball and and whatnot in the conference but women's basketball for the last six years has been a national title contender and they've had one of i mean they they've just gotten heartbroken so many times like in the semifinals like national championship 2020 they were they were kind of how their baseball team was last year, but you know, COVID killed it. So that was really unfortunate for that. Uh, coach Hayes is actually a coach up at Colorado CU Boulder now. So I mean, yeah, we, we love having coaches on. Uh, whenever they they can come on or want to come on, uh, more more than happy. Any anything?
1: sport, assistant head coach, yeah, really anything. You know, volunteer like it really doesn't matter. A coach's perspective is a coach's perspective, and I think that'll take us that helps us in a big way
0: well you know who we really should get on now we don't need to do back-to-back weber weber coaches and maybe in a few weeks love to get um coach craig on strength coach D-line oh absolutely coach. yeah i know how and much that you,
1: you, and yeah. yeah he's a weber coach yeah he coach like he's associated with us but like He's a coach, but he, like, can provide the strength conditioning side. We right. can get a little insight on that. Yeah, he
0: coached at Warner before Weber, too. So he's been on both parts of the uh, Lake Colusa. And I rivalry. think that
1: that aspect could be something that a lot of people may be interested in. Right. And even, like, he could give some insight on different things that, um, excuse me, that, like, us athletes could even take into account. Like, even small details about, you know, if he hints on nutrition and sleep and Way to work out, mindset, different things like that. Like yeah. athletes can take things, they can run
0: the long way with them. So I think he'd be a really good interview. Also, he was a heck of an athlete. He played at Norfolk State, um, and he he was a really good defensive the defensive lineman and linebacker, did a little bit of both there, I and mean, he had a very high level. Won the MEAC his senior year. Uh, I I think it, I, he I know he'd come on. He did the Warrior Pulse with me back when I did did that. Um, also, there's a little bit more history. I taught. I think I told you this earlier. He Coach Pooch was the first person I ever interviewed on air. He, uh, he we I interviewed him on Warrior Pulse. I think it's just, it, it was a little bit. It was, it wasn't a little bit. It was really nice. Just like today when we were interviewing him, and I look back to when you were first interviewing and me looking back when I first interviewed him. How far you and I both have come as interviewers and like podcast hosts. It, it, it's really cool. Um, you yeah, know, looking back and uh and, ha- and having him on and he- it was really cool i mean and, and also it's my head coach and having him on that it's a special week yeah yeah and, and it's good timing and, and i love not only that but everything he said to the team he kept it consistent on air so you know it's very it wasn't fabricating or yeah, anything. yeah absolutely yeah. But that
1: being said though if you guys have any suggestions on who we could potentially interview or even suggestions on how reagan and i can improve this podcast yeah we're open to it my dms his dms the podcast dms whoever you feel like you want to reach out to go ahead and we we are really open to you know you know some critiques but like in a way like don't bash us i mean try not to bash us but please give us insight on
0: anything that you think that we could do better to help the podcast yeah a little bit more and look at the last time we got some advice with donnie and coach Watson at southeast and look at how much the podcast has improved and uh, grown since and then grown. speaking of growing we've we hit a milestone on twitter i've, I've been doing better about posting more on twitter we reached 200 followers on twitter uh i feel like that's about to start going up a lot more too and we are three away from 900 so oh, we're at a thousand before this month's over. Yeah, kind of for sure. We we talked about it earlier. We went a thousand by Halloween. I like those odds. You said something um, a couple, I don't know, a few two three episodes ago too, about that that getting to a thousand would be awesome, but you don't know that a thousand to two thousand. You don't know how how that'll how fast that'll come, how quickly it'll come. I think it'll come quicker than expected. Let me explain why. One, we have not tapped into basketball at all. That's pretty much the only sport I have not covered. And lacrosse. Lacrosse. I was getting into that. Lacrosse will also come in because Sun Conference, Look, or this is the first year, or 2023 technically, will be the first year of women's lacrosse. So we're going to tap into that. We're going to cover men's Or I know once spring starts, you'll be doing baseball. I'll be back to just myself. I'm, there could be someone else, but we're going to save that way on down the line. Anyways, that... And that, th- those are two big ones, but the two, or two of them, but the two big ones, I didn't, you know, I, I post the score graphics and, and, and do all that, and then we're, now we're doing the highlights and everything else. I didn't do that. I didn't do score graphics for baseball and softball last year. Now, obviously, we already got a decent baseball and softball following, but when we're posting consistently, consistently and there's going to be a lot of posts, obviously, with baseball and, and softball where they play a lot of games. I think that that... In the spring, I think we're going to see another boom in popularity in suncast. And I
1: think like, as more more that this grows, more interviews, more athletes involved, I think you're going to start to see a lot of like family members start to follow also. Yeah, I
0: mean, we, we get them a lot. I mean, we had Stephen Cullen's dad was commenting on the the, the post uh, of me punting, and he was like, Obviously, I was going for Southeastern, but I was cheering for Reagan. And, I mean, I that was awesome. really appreciate them doing that. There are parents that sitting sending in highlights and do, do all that. And it's really awesome. I really think there's a real community being built with Suncast, which was, I guess, an unintended goal. I mean, it's like, yeah, this is awesome that it's happening. But I don't think that was something I necessarily Like, when, when I started, I mean, I, I, th- I told you everything that I was about when we started. It was about growing the conference, give these athletes a platform, to, that displays their uh, achievements, and then for you and I to get exposure into sports media. I, we, we've nailed those three, and we continue to do so, I think, every episode and every time we post something.
1: Yeah, each episode. Because my dad is one of my biggest critics, So, <laughs> um, in, a, in a good way. It's not yeah. I mean, not a bad way. In a good way, and for example, him and I celebrated our birthdays this past weekend, and we drove to a Bucks game, so that was a bit of a steep drive. And we didn't listen to music. We didn't listen to the radio. We listened to our podcast, yeah. and we were talking about it different things like that. So like my my parents listen to every episode. My dad is more consistent, but my parents listen to every episode and get, My mom has given me feedback numerous times. So like I mean I think that like the more adult feedback that we can get, the better because I think that's the one piece that if we can get, like to really kind of grab on to what we're doing. I think,
0: like you said, that's how it's going to really grow even more than we can even imagine. Right. Okay, I want to go ahead and start getting into some weekend recap. Uh, look, there's one kind of big outcome and then one really big outcome. I guess you could say two. I mean, foot, look, Let's be real, football dominated this weekend because everything and other sports pretty much went exactly how Josh and I said it would go. Uh, with, with men's soccer, look, SCAD took care of FloMo mo in a close one. Kaiser blew out Ave. Uh, I'll get. I'm gonna put a pin in the St. Thomas Southeastern game and come back to it. And then women's soccer, uh, you had two blowouts. You had Scad go down to Flomo and win eleven to nothing. And oh, that poor Florida Memorial team. I, 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 I it's like it, it's, I'm not joking. I'm not doing. It. I genuinely feel bad for that team. Because I mean, I heard their head coach left right before the season started. I mean, they're getting. Outscored, I think, like almost forty to nothing. No, thirty-five nothing in three conference games. And it it it's not easy in, in this conference, and to, to have thirteen players on your roster and not really sure who the head coach there is, it's it's tough. But Scad Scad does Scad, and Kaiser, shout out uh, the Kaiser Seahawks because I was so uber focused on Saturday. I think I was a little too focused. And, like, I was just, refresh, okay, let me post the graphic, whatever. I get a text from their uh, their uh, assistant coach, whose name I'm absolutely uh, just blanking on. I got to get it. I got to get it because I'll feel, feel awful. Parole, uh, coach Lane. Coach Lane uh, for uh, Kaiser's women's soccer team. DM me, and I, she was asking if I was going to be at the game. I said, no, I got uh, we got pretty good meal and everything. Twelve Around 12.30, she, D, she DMs me back, and she says, hey, the girls w- want to say hey to you. I'm like, what? And like, yeah, but the bus is outside. I was like, okay. And I like, am just – I think I was too like that. I was a little too tense, a little too tight for the Southeastern game. And going out there and just saying hey to them and the, them clapping and whatnot and then talking with their coach after – after that, um, and just hearing everything, man, that they're a fun group, they're a good group. Uh, I told them to take it easy on, on the Warriors. They didn't. They didn't, they, they, they didn't listen to that. They, I knew they weren't. I knew that. I'm gonna get a little hate. I knew Weber was in some serious trouble when I made that little joke. Like, hey, y'all take it easy, and they just all kind of stood it, stared at me, and I was like, oh boy, it's gonna, it might get bad. But they're, uh, they're an awesome group, man. They're, they're a lot of fun, and they ain't a lot of fun to play against, but. They go out there and they thrash Weber one nothing. And then we had a real thriller of a game as we had a pretty much top 25 matchup. Uh, St. Thomas scratch, was scratching right on that door. I think they were like 26th and 27th coming in. And then number 9, Southeastern. I mean, they just continue to play in very thrilling games and they come back to win. Uh, it took uh, Hannah Ryberg, 78th minute goal to push them, push them ahead. And I mean, just a heck of a game for the fire. I and mean, they've taken over we'll, – we'll do uh, power rankings, probably just graphics-wise. We'll probably just do a top five uh, graphics-wise. Josh, I know you're going to do your power rankings for football later on in the in the episode, but I'm not going to go through everything. So you kind of just want to fire, fire through this before we get talking about football. But, uh, you know, South, Southeastern went and took care of business against St. Thomas – and I, I will say just a quick little preview for, for the power rankings, which I'll probably see on Instagram before before y'all hear this. That they, they're my number two. They, they've jumped SCAD. Uh, you know, SCAD, yeah, they, they did what they needed to do against flo but they drew against Thomas. And don't get me wrong, that, that had a lot to do with Lamoreau Lamore uh, Lamoure, 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 and, and goal for the Nighthawks having 13 saves, absolutely standing on her head. But still, I, mean, I think Southeastern has proven they're the second-best team in the conference. But once again, that line between SCAD and Southeastern is still razor-thin razor in women's soccer. Circling back to St. Thomas and Southeastern, wow, what, what a game. 1-1 I mean, one, one draw, Southeastern, 85th minute, ties it against St. Thomas, a lot, a lot like their women's team. Look, St. Thomas is a title contender. They're, they're a legitimate team in this conference who can win the national championship. And Southeastern's a team on that that we talked about is kind of on that same deal as Weber. there. they're kind of right there, but not entirely sure. Not you know yeah they could maybe, but well they just go out there and they take out a very incredible uh, St Thomas team. And how I do with Corrado again in goal for for Southeastern? He had five saves in, including an absolute. It's one it's one I posted. You see the save for South yeah yeah that I posted. I posted that save with a minute 30 left. He's on his side, gets the save. Another shot comes in. He just springs up somehow. Just absolutely acrobatic, brilliant save uh, from from Corrado, who's someone I think we might end up having on this podcast here very shortly. Just a little FYI on that. little teaser. Um, but yeah, really impressive there. Uh, no volleyball. Or excuse me, yes, there was volleyball. I don't know why I said there was no volleyball, but very cut, very dry. Cat, Kaiser went, took care of business very easily against Coastal Georgia. Ave Maria, they're the number one team in the conference. They continue to prove that. They dismantle Florida Memorial. And then Southeastern and St. Thomas. Shout out Southeastern. They put up a very, very good fight. It was four really good sets or three really good sets. And then St. Thomas took that fourth one. But St. Thomas won the first set 25-20. And then the second and third sets were just classic classics. I see Southeastern's. Uh, volleyball team has got a little trend of doing that they they end up beating St. Thomas in the second set 26-24 and then the third set they they lose that one 28-26 that's tough for the fire now it's back-to-back sets where or back-to-back games where that third set is so pivotal to make it to go up to one and have momentum going in that fourth set knowing you just need to win that one over the fifth to win the match and they they lost it to Weber, I believe, 29-27. They lose this one to St. Thomas, 28-26. And then we go into the fourth fourth set, and it was all St. Thomas, 25-15. All right, and that that pretty much did. Look, like everything else was pretty cut, cut, cut and dry. What what we thought was going to happen happened, but there were some things <coughs> that happened in football. Look, football ruled this weekend. Josh, take it away.
1: Football did indeed rule this weekend. Two really, 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 really good football games. I guess you could say one really good football game, and then one score indicates it was a better football game than and I think it actually was.
0: Yeah, that
1: right. Um, a little bit one-sided. But theme of the weekend, turnovers. Yep. Turnovers was a, a pivotal factor in, in both teams who won the game. And if we're going to start off with, with Kaiser and St. Thomas, I mean, what a thriller. Um, Shout-out to Kaiser for having my back, though. <laughs> Had the Seahawks win it, and they, they – they had me sweating for a little bit. I was watching my Gators and I was watching, watching Kaiser at the same time, and I
0: was about to break a sweat. We were watching that game in the locker room and they went up twenty-four to seven. I was like, "Oh gosh, Josh, we gotta have a talk. But we gotta have, get better predictions out of you." But they, boy, you you were right. I mean, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head again, man. It was, wow. I mean, what what a game. I mean, we watched pretty much all that game uh, between the locker room and pregame meal. I mean. Special teams, special teams, and turnovers—great equalizer.
1: Yeah, it re- it really is because if you look at it, if you look at it, um, St. Thomas did outgain, did outgain Kaiser. They kind of have a balanced attack. Tyler and 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 Farmer kind of had that game with a the balance. They had it, you know, had a pretty good grip on it early on. But if you look, if you look deep into the stats, both teams had two interceptions. But the the big glaring factor was the three fumbles lost by by St. Thomas, and the reason why that. I feel like had a big indication on the game was the weather. I mean, it wasn't great weather. Mm. It was raining. It was wet. It was you know a noon kickoff. There's a lot of things going on. Like it was it was a super overcast day. They couldn't take care of the football. Allowed Kaiser to get back in the game. And I mean, what a play on special teams by Kaiser with that unreal kick return with a few minutes left in the game to get him in field goal range. We didn't even need the field goal. He scored a touchdown anyway. So it didn't didn't really matter per se. But um, digging a little deeper, um, I mean, what a day for Marcus Burgess. 172 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, 30 attempts. I mean, he's a bell cow back. Right. And he showed it, 172 yards and two touchdowns. And just
0: real quick, that was Wendell uh, Philford that had the big return. He had a lot of big returns, like 190 uh, Return return yards all day. Look, I thought, I mean, we'll get into the Weber game. I thought I had a good chance of winning. Uh, special teams player of the week. I looked at his stats. I'm like, no way. He 100% deserved that. I mean, incredible. And then, like you said, set him up in field goal range. And they just uh, scored scored
1: anyway. But, I mean, on the other side of things, Rontavious Farmer, 25 carries, 189 yards and a touchdown. Another unbelievable game, making a huge case for, you know, Offensive Player of the Year in the Sun Conference. Rontavious Farmer, through six games, has looked
0: unbelievable. I think that they might be the two – they're definitely two – of the top ten running backs in the NAIA right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, both of those guys
1: just put on an absolute display on how you run the football against um, two pretty good run stopping. Absolutely, defenses. and that's what we talked about defense, and it turned out to be a shootout. Yeah, like we thought it could be, or it could be a defensive battle it was most definitely the shootout. Yeah. Both uh, quarterbacks, not a huge, not a great day. Nine of seventeen, ninety-two yards, two touchdowns and two picks for Shea, and Tyler, twelve of twenty-five, one ninety-five, two touchdowns and two picks. So the passing game wasn't a huge factor. It was definitely definitely the running game. And shout out to my to my now good friend Jalen Arnold with two big catches. One really yeah, long.
0: he's your best friend now.
1: Seventy five yard on. receiving touchdown as a tight end. And you just, yeah. That's like Wait. Kelsey Mark Andrews. That's like a Kelsey Mark Andrews kind of play there. But um great overall game. Kaiser thirty six, St. Thomas thirty one. Kaiser proving proving me right and proving again that they are the number one team in this conference and that their schedule
0: had them battle-tested, had them ready to go, Yeah, it's like know, they got it's, it showed. It's like they got down 24-7, to 7 and they didn't blink. Because like, look, they, they've been down like that pretty much the last three games. I guess not so much against uh, Valdosta State. It was like, okay, we've been here before, but now we're up against a team who we can definitely come back and do something against. And they got the opportunities to do that, and they absolutely took advantage. Um well, uh, I guess what I want to get into a little bit more. Do you think that that was more St. Thomas just let their foot off the pedal some, or do you think Kaiser is you know, genuinely a better team? I, th-
1: I think it's a little bit of both because I think if some things went St. Thomas's way, you know, clean up the snaps on on special teams, um, clean up ball handling, you know, being able to get punts off, not giving Kaiser good field position. I think those. Those things play into it, and I think Kaiser would have a much more difficult time getting back into that game right. if those things didn't happen. But that's football. That's bad weather happens, rain happens, mistakes happen, and Kaiser capitalized because Kaiser easily could have not capitalized. Right. And St. Thomas ran away with that game and kind of count their blessings that those didn't bite them in, in the rear end. Mm. But I mean,
0: a I to win. I thought for on sure on the road. Yeah. I thought for sure though when they enter, when St. Thomas intercepted the two point converge, I'm like all right, the way this this way is going, he's going to go and return it for for two. It down a field goal. Yeah, and then some. They probably yeah. kicked a field. It felt it real, That game gave me overtime vibes. Yeah, it did. Yeah, but
1: I, I thought it was going to be at first. Yeah, but um, what, what Kaiser did, you, did Kaiser did pull it off. Proved me right, sitting at atop of my power rankings in the in the Sun Conference.
0: Oh yeah, you with St. Got,
1: Thomas shortly. Very closely behind, but we'll get into that at the end. With like yeah, With yeah. the full list. Yeah. Moving into, in my opinion, kind of, I wouldn't say game of the week, but it was definitely one that a lot of people were not expecting. Um, I mean, Weber just jumped out and punched him in the mouth. Yes, we did. 28-7 at halftime, just unbelievable. I mean, they, they got the lucky end of the stick with the turnover battle. I mean, a, a pick early, a pick six, another interception late. A big sack fumble by uh, by Moose recovered by Brendan Smith. I mean, those plays turned out to be crucial considering 17 unanswered points in the fourth quarter by Southeastern. And with, with their starting quarterback, things could have got a little bit more interesting. I don't think those backups necessarily ready for that big moment just yet. And that's still a looming question for me. How, how come Kaelin Williams was not in that starting lineup? Um, I'm working on trying to find that out. But I think that played a huge part. Not taking anything away from Weber by any means, mm. but him not playing and him not being in the lineup definitely gave Weber a slight boost, and to be completely honest, I think Weber still may win if he's in the game, because I think if he's in the game, they take those lap, that back end of that game slightly more serious, and they're going to be more locked in towards the end of the game and not going to give up the, the garbage time touchdowns. Right. But I mean, just to get things going, first, I mean, what, first, second play of the game, Cody, uh, Cody Braden, well,
0: 70 We, we had them go, go three and out. And then they the – I'm thing... saying from
1: your guys' possession. Offense, yes. Yeah. So, yes, So third correct. play of the yes. game, 70-yard bomb to Jacob Moss. Yeah. And he caught it, made a man miss, and just off to the races. Yeah. And then shortly after, third string back, correct? Rashawn Dudley, third string? Yes. Third string back, runs it in four yards. Um, that's Eastern, our southeastern uh, answered with a pass from Hudson Jones.
0: He's uh he's in our Dozier package. That's when we that's when we pack it. That's when we're all right. We're gonna play some Smash Mouth football, baby. And he's a big old boy. And then
1: another another great ball from Cody Reed in three yards out of Tyler Romano, and a pick six.
0: Tyler's and, uh, sorry to interrupt, but that's Tyler's first career touchdown. Yep, big Shout big out Tyler. Yep, big for the boy.
1: Um, shortly after a turnover, they they got that, and then right after. Right after the touchdown off of a turnover, they get another turnover. But they take this one for six. Jamon Jones, 66 yard touchdown.
0: Beautifully read. I mean, the, 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 and that's one that I think a lot of people will look and obviously you watch the game, and you know that wasn't on the quarterback, but a lot of people are like, oh, okay, the is in. He doesn't throw that incorrect. That was a design screen. The outside receiver just did not, did not get the block because, I mean, man, he prepared well. He's watched a lot of film. He saw what's happened. He slipped right underneath the block and he was there before the ball got there
1: big time play put him up 28 to 78 minutes to go in the second quarter and shortly after the halftime and cody Braden and jacob moss connect once again 30 yard touchdown um after a long long drive 10 plays 94 yards from from their own six think there was a mishap on the return there um uh, southeastern responds with a field goal after a really long drive um then you see you see the block punt which is unusual look like there might have been a yeah. Miscommunication. You yeah,
0: know. they came right up the a gap on my behind.
1: was um, some bats. So must have been a misassignment. Yeah. On the front. Yeah. And then another after a short drive by Weber, they punted away, I believe, or they turned the ball over. Um, Who we'll us or them? You uh, you guys. We
0: punted. punted. Yeah, we. Yeah, I think you guys punted. That yeah, that was the punt you posted actually, right after okay, that. Okay, yeah. That and was my next. They took.
1: Punt. They took the ball. And went down score with two minutes to go. Mind you, after the touch, after the after the pick six. No, I'm sorry. No, no, no. After the pick six, or after the block punt for a touchdown, they recovered the onside kick. That's what happened. They recovered that's the right, onside that's right. kick. That's right. That's right. And they scored right. again. That's they tried another onside kick, and you guys milked the clock. Recovered it. Took yeah, it yeah, down. yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears> right, <throat> you're right, you're right, you're right. But what I had just,
0: another punt in there. So, you did. Somewhere. You did. Somewhere.
1: But I mean, going back. I've I've said it from, from before the season even started, Cody Braden need to work on the efficiency, handling football. Fifteen of twenty-one, two three touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Four games, zero interceptions. How many yards?
0: Two hundred and eighteen. What what was his uh does it is that you have your, uh pass attempts or whatever? Fifteen of twenty-one. So he did that against a defense, no injuries, a defense that was allowing a hundred 49 yards per game and 43% completion percentage. And he had FYI. himself,
1: a, I would almost say, a career day just about in terms of was an overall animal. game.
0: He's an animal. And he's, in my opinion, look, I know you do football. I think he's the best quarterback in this conference.
1: Well, he's pleading his case, without a doubt. I need to see a little bit more film. but
0: Yeah. We got um, to see what he does in conference play, obviously. But Weber,
1: I mean, just shared the wealth. I mean, Tremont Bright, 75 yards on the ground with 18 carries. Terry Weems, 65 yards on 11 carries. Latavius Watkins... Some garbage-time carries, five carries, 34 Those yards. Those are some
0: clutch garbage-time carries. Though. He, We have a stable. We got hey, a you guys, stable of I backs. Mean,
1: they, there was six running backs who, who ran the ball yeah. this week. I mean, Jacob Moss led the way. Two catches, 99 yards, and two touchdowns. Seems like <laughs> Cody's go-to target yeah. when they really need to get something going. Jordan Taylor, four for 46, good game. Deshaun, Deshaun Young, three for 35 with an incredible acrobatic catch. In Whoa. Ball. Middle of the field, 24 yarder. Frederick Curry, two catches for 17 yards. Um, Tyler Romano with the with the touchdown reception, Um, and Tremont Bright, a catch or two out of the backfield. But um, to go, uh, one guy who really played well for the for the Warriors on defense though was Jeremy Muse, aka Moose. Moose. Five tackles, forced fumble. Shout out to to Brandon Smith, you know, hovering down that ball, getting it back for for the Warriors. One of my favorite guys on the defensive side of the ball, Parker Snead, four tackles. Um, you know, kind of just held it down out there. Um, Dude, Warren we, had a great game himself. You know, four four tackles, three assists, a pick. Kaden um, Morrell also with, with six total tackles and one for loss and one sack.
0: He's a freshman. Morrell's a freshman. And I do have some good news. I thought you about earlier Parker Snead, uh, pass concussion pro- protocol. That's no big, concussion. Really
1: yep. big. Trent Peacock, he didn't make too many plays. He did have a pick and a pass breakup, but he was all over the field, uh, and I was watching him all night.
0: Um, broken hand. Pick with a broken hand, man. That's incredible.
1: I mean, Rocky O'Rourke with a huge sack, I believe.
0: He had, I think, half a sack. I think it was him and another guy. Uh, yeah, they gave him the sack. They gave him the sack. Okay. And then Chandler Kerr, mm-hmm. I believe,
1: had one, too. No, He, he had, had a big tackle for loss. Yeah, he had a big, tackle, had for a loss, big tackle for
0: loss, and then he had – a. It was as close to a sack as you can get. Quarterback just got it off. It was incomplete. Yeah, he lit him up. Tyron Ooh, yeah.
1: Washington also with the sack and a tackle for loss.
0: Okay, Rocky must have had another sack I wasn't thinking about because that's the one I was thinking about. With
1: Moral that. of the story, Weber's defense was flying around, making things very difficult for the fire. And then just a shout-out, you know, Weber's punter, seven punts, 215 yards, four inside the 20. I believe all were inside the 10 or three we had, of them.
0: We had – Two of them were inside the 10. The other one was down, like, at the 10-and-a-half-yard line.
1: Okay, so three inside the 10, four inside the 20.
0: The yardage. 46,
1: 46 yard, uh was his long. Yeah. About 31 yards was his average, but some of those punts.
0: They were pin punts, and they're calculating the block punt as a zero-yard punt. Yeah. So that's – but I think it was, like, 35-and-a-half, okay, but, and a let's, half, but still, let's, still. Let's do that again. Let's do math, yeah.
1: So he really had 36 yards a punt, which isn't a huge difference, but – the way he was punting, flipping the field was a lot more a lot better than indicated by 36 yards per. Yeah, I mean he,
0: what man, you got, one of my favorite saying is men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. In this case, watch the film. I mean, I was well, punting punning around watch midfield field, and I, right. uh look, I told coach before the game. I said, "Look, I I'm, I'm back. I'm going to have myself one a career day. Ride me. Ride with me." And he said, "Okay." And they they stuck with me. Uh, the entire entire game uh there's you know i've been in a little bit of, i guess you would say a position battle uh, i feel confident right now uh it, that you know i don't like talking about myself too much on here but uh it, it's been a tough ride back since i hurt miami and that game especially with all the history i have with you know with just southeastern university and i mean everything there and it, it was a special night and it, it it felt good man i mean that that's a program-defining win for us. And, you know, we'll, we get into that more with the the interview with Coach Pooch. So I don't want to talk about that too much, but I can tell you this. So right after we recorded, you know, I went and worked out. We went we, I went, we went, and worked out, and it was one of the best workouts we've had all year. as Just that 2 p.m. group, which is like a third of the team, but I mean still. And, that enter, and Coach said energy was the same way with the other two groups. I don't think there will be that hangover, you know, Not knock, knock on wood. I mean, Saturday, you know, everything's out the window. You might we'll see whoever
1: just explode. Is
0: that what you're saying? I, I'm saying this team, it's not a, you know, obviously everybody's going to view that as an upset, which I think is fair to say we up, upset Southeastern first time in seven years. I got one more fun fact for you. That's the fourth time they've lost at home ever at Victory Field. That is in- –
1: Not only did you beat them at home – not only did you guys beat them at home, you beat them with 2,000 people in the stands.
0: Yeah, and huh, I'll be honest with you, man. That was one of the quietest 2,000 people I've ever heard in my well, life. I'm sure. Because it Down was...
1: four 34-7 with minutes to go in the third quarter approaching the fourth quarter.
0: Oh, it was it, it was empty by then. I mean, there were maybe a couple hundred people there by then. But, I mean, at pre-game, I was like... And, and, and for me personally, I'm a little desensitized. I'm playing... At a big South Georgia high school, a little bit used to that. And don't get me wrong, the theatrics and all that were awesome. They they do a great job of production. It's a college game day atmosphere. It's awesome. But the crowd, and I think it's a little unfair for me to say it because we took I mean, we took the crowd out of it five minutes into the game. I mean,
1: seventy a bomb.
0: I mean, it was three and out, touchdown in two plays. Three and out, drive down the field, touchdown, fourteen nothing with with nine minutes still to go pick six 21 nothing yeah i mean it the crowd was irrelevant in the game honestly and we we stepped up and so we're man we're ginning but like but like like we were talking about earlier yeah i think it's not that we're yeah it was upset it's but it's not that like we're oh we got the big win and we're on to the next no we were saying even after the game one one win don't win you a ring sure does we didn't come into the season We're going to beat Southeastern. Yeah, yeah, we're going to beat Southeastern, but that wasn't the only goal. The goal is to win a ring. And after everything that's transpired, what happened in Miami Gardens especially, and i got a little fun thing for you, St. Thomas has to go back to Southeastern. St. Thomas has to go to Southeastern and play the last game of the year because that first game didn't count towards Sun Conference play. They actually played twice this year. That first one didn't count towards Sun Conference play. So they got to go. St. Thomas has got to go. And you look at the top of the standings – Weber's number one right now. just points differential technically, I think. I don't know. But I know we're number one. You look up the Sun conference standings, I, there's going to be a big old WIU. And we're, we're ready, man. We, we are – I don't I don't know how to describe it. I don't want to say anything that's going to jinx us or anything, but, I mean, we, we feel good. We feel good. We look good. We're playing good. We're practicing the best we ever have. I mean, I, I think this group's really bought in now. And we're going to get into that, obviously, a lot with – Coach P, so and it was it was just fun to watch, you know, like I told coach pooch it was it was
1: it was really nice to watch, like I told him a lot of my really good friends nowadays yeah. from the football team i I got to watch them play in a game that was really meaningful for this program, really meaningful to them as humans and athletes, and really you know really big on the grand on the sta- on the stage in the grand scheme of things of, of any I football um and they just went out there and did their thing, dominated, and just played a really good football game. And it means a lot that Weber was able to do that because I think football was being neglected in many ways. You know, they were kind of being outshined because they, were, they weren't they were playing because of all of the different, you know, hurricane, forfeits, like all things like that, yeah. volleyball, soccer, and then baseball and softball still glooming over. They were kind of just like – and Little it's not, kid in the corner. Yeah,
0: and it's not an easy thing to do to not play for a month and then go play one of the better teams. And that's in the one conference. thing I did I did mention that it could it could be a good or bad thing with, with the layover.
1: Um, and it, you know it paid off to be to be a good thing. Everybody was fresh. A lot of people come back from injury, you know, people were able to rest up injuries that they had, that if they would have had to have keep playing things could have gotten ugly. I think that was a really I think that was really good for the program in a lot of ways in terms of being ready to play that game. And I think I I really like Weber going forward. And I don't think Southeastern is going to be bad going forward either. No. I think it's going to be a competitive shoot for that number one spot at the end. But I will wrap up here with um, power rankings in football. At the top of my power rankings, I have um, Kaiser University Seahawks coming in at a close second, St. Thomas University. And after a big week, Number three, Weber International. Number four, Southeastern. Number five, Ave Maria. Number six, Florian Memorial, And number seven, Warner. Um, I these don't, could be really shaken up in the next yeah. few weeks. And actually, I would say by the next five weeks, those could be completely different. You know, you could have...
0: Somebody's going to have a ring or somebody's going to be going to the NAI
1: playoffs. You're absolutely right, and I, I can't wait to see it. And it was a great week of football. So I can't wait to see, you know, Weber play Ave this week. And then I believe then you have Warner traveling to Kaiser. I'm I not sure if that game is going to be played. I don't think so. I and then St. Thomas so. heading to Florida tomorrow. Hopefully they can avoid um, some of the negative energy that's probably glooming in their locker room at the moment. Hopefully they can avoid that and take care of business. Um, so uh, over, all in all, great week. Great weekend of Sun Conference sports. Um. Can't wait for this coming week, but let's get into uh, a little college football before we wrap things up.
0: All right, let's get into it. Uh, I think we were due for a weekend where nothing absolutely insane happened. We were due for a weekend where pretty much everybody who was supposed to win won. I do have one team I'm extremely disappointed with, and that's the LSU Tigers, and more specifically the LSU Tigers fan base. They were – and, like, I didn't watch a lot of college football, college football, obviously, th- th- this week. I pretty much caught noon games, and that was about it. And I called that one, look, you're supposed to have the best crowd in college football. LSU is supposed to be known for this place you go to die. And they were singing Rocky Top in the third quarter. The Tennessee fans were. Look, this Tennessee team, we're going to find out what they are this coming up Saturday as they have Alabama coming to town. And what I think is the biggest game – I mean, since I've been alive in Tennessee history, I mean, I can't. Can you remember another time where it's like, "Oh my gosh, I gotta watch Tennessee football"?
1: No, it's this weekend.
0: It's this. I mean, it's Alabama, um, and I got news for you: if Bryce Young's not playing, Tennessee will
1: win that football game.
0: They might win by two touchdowns. Yeah, uh, I and they think they might be
1: ranked in the top four.
0: I think we were. I think we're. We might mess around and have a number one Georgia Bulldogs versus a number three Tennessee Volunteers very soon in Athens. And it's going to – and I'm going to need heart medication for, for that game. And I pray – I really pray that Weber's playing at the same time as that game so I don't have to watch it because it's it, – it, that game won't be good for my health. And that's that's a team that, that I'm – I'm not – Kentucky is just
1: – Abysmal. Abysmal.
0: But Georgia's got two games. Tennessee coming home and then at Mississippi State. Mississippi State might be the second best team and in the West.
1: Right there with you on that one. Another team that I really like. I was shaky on them at the beginning because there's a lot of teams that do that in this, in this day and age in college football. But man, the UCLA Bruins. Woo! I mean, yeah. look at them go. 42-32. Dorian Thompson Robinson is having an unbelievable season. Seems like he throws for three or four touchdowns every week for almost 300 yards. Zach Charbonnet... Twenty two carries, two hundred yards and a touchdown.
0: How about Chip Kelly? I mean, just silently building a juggernaut there. I mean, I, mean, he, I don't want to say juggernaut, granted, but a really good team.
1: Granted, he is losing DTR after this year. This is finally yeah. it for him. But I mean the surrounding pieces can't be the same age as DTR. So I mean their program's heading in the right direction, and then it had to for his sake, or his seat was gonna get real toasty. But um like you said, Mississippi State with a Heck of a game against Arkansas, just kind of throttling them. TCU silenced that Kansas nonsense, which I figured oh, was going to happen soon. Don't worry. Rather than later. Oh, it's going
0: to be so bad. You know what's about to happen? I know they're not necessarily a good team, but Kansas is about to go to Norman, Oklahoma, and throttle.
1: Speaking of Oklahoma, Boil it.
0: God awful. Shout out, shout out, Rocky O'Rourke. Shout out his his lovely mom. I tried to tell you, Oklahoma, I tried to tell y'all you weren't going to be a good team this year. I tried to tell you, I tried to warn you, and I also tried to say Texas is back. And you said I was a Georgia fan, dumb, no. Quinn Evers,
1: 289, four touchdowns. Robinson, 22 carries, 132 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, Oklahoma didn't even score a single point.
0: Texas could mess around and be the first two loss team to make the playoff. I
1: disagree completely. If they go uh, 11 and 2. No. Sorry.
0: Who knows what'll happen. We also we were talking about one scenario that could go down. Alabama loses to Tennessee this weekend. They finish the season 11 and 1. Heck, go to Atlanta. Tennessee loses to Georgia. They go eleven and one, finish the season. Don't go to go to Atlanta because the Georgia Bulldogs will obviously go for the East. They're twelve and zero. They lose to Alabama. They both finish twelve and one. You have twelve and one Alabama, twelve and one Georgia, and eleven and one Tennessee. Obviously, Bama gets in. They won. They won. I think obviously Georgia will go in just like they did last year. Boy, there. I think this is the year, and we've said it before, and I don't think it'll happen. But if things just get crazy enough. Say Texas drops another one. Say Clemson loses Clemson one. loses one, well you could even put Clemson. So no, here
1: here here this one.
0: Okay, I love this. Is why I love the playoff. This is why I, this is what I'll miss about a fourteen playoff.
1: Clemson Clemson drops a game. I'll okay, eleven to one.
0: Twelve and one, they win a conference championship. No, hear me out. Okay, okay, okay,
1: Wake Forest drops a game to like someone like Syracuse, so they're All gonna right. finish ten and two. And, but they're gonna play, they're gonna play Clemson in the are they in the same? Division? No, they're in the same. Okay, so this wouldn't work. Okay, so, okay, mind you, 11-1, Clemson, and then 11-1, and Wake Forest, but Clemson will make the playoff. But Clemson's going to play a team like Syracuse? Syracuse on the other side, or are they on the same side?
0: I think they're on the same side. I know it's Duke, North Carolina, the Virginia schools.
1: Okay, it's UNC, Georgia Tech, Duke, Pitt, Virginia Tech. Ugh, okay.
0: What an ugly division. You can't tell me any... Okay, so say, say any, Pitt any... runs the
1: table, Pitt plays Clemson, upsets Clemson. Clemson's now 11-2 and with no conference championship. Okay. Tennessee is 11-1 but didn't make a conference championship. So my
0: scenario what I say, basically.
1: See, that's the only way. Yeah. Unless you Oklahoma still got... State runs the whole thing. Yeah, and you say Oklahoma State. Undefeated. You could still have... But an... really what's going to put this thing in a spiral is if, like you said, Texas goes 10-2 and and plays Oklahoma State, that's 12-0, and and... No, I'm sorry. Texas wants to play Oklahoma State.
0: It doesn't matter in the Big Twelve. Top two teams go, right, cause which so is they how they it should be. They play each
1: other. But say Oklahoma State's twelve and zero, or no, eleven and one, and they're ten and two, and they play each other. Mm. To, uh, Oklahoma State wins, So now they're twelve and one with a Big Twelve championship. Okay. Clemson's undefeated. I mean, the Clemson's twelve and one with an ACC championship. Okay. If you got Georgia twelve and one with a loss in the championship. Doesn't matter. Georgia's you have an Ohio still State team. Ohio State undefeated Big Twelve champs. I mean uh Big Ten champs. You got Alabama with an SEC championship twelve one. Now you got like five or six teams that are have one loss.
0: Are we are we just assuming that um UC, well, we're just gonna assume USC doesn't run the table in the Pac twelve and um, get thirteen <laughs> or
1: There's another one. Okay. And say so UCLA makes a magic mix in there. So what are they? They're gonna play each other I think eventually. Let's see here.
0: Well, I know they play. Yeah, UCLA and USC will play each other, but oh my god, I know they wouldn't play each other in the Pac-12 championship. They play each other
1: November the nineteenth. So they'll most likely play each other at ten and nine. All right, let's just
0: say one of those teams goes twelve and one, wins the conference championship, or because
1: that's the same way they play a top two championship, or do they not play one?
0: No, they, no, they definitely do.
1: They could be a top with it together. Oh and say USA beats in regular season, and then USA oh beats God. them in the championship. Now you got two one-loss teams, one being so, a, now it's the same on. SEC. Hold scenario. on, hold on,
0: hold on, because so so we got a twelve and one Alabama with SEC championship. You got so they're in. You got
1: thirteen in Ohio State. They're in. they're
0: in. So now you got. All right, so now we got two spots. Figure out. I'll go ahead and say eleven and one Tennessee's out the window. They they're not getting in.
1: They have to make the championship. Yeah,
0: they 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 wouldn't get in. All right, you have Georgia who's twelve and one, who's got some good wins against an Oregon team, who I think is gonna finish with probably two or three losses be a top twenty five team, and then if Tennessee goes eleven and one, they'll be a top ten team at home. That's big that's big wins. You have USC, you have UCLA, you have Clemson. Oklahoma State, you have, you have Oklahoma State. Texas doesn't get it. Texas doesn't get it. Michigan eleven and one. Michigan doesn't get it eleven and one. Michigan's is the same boat as Tennessee. Also, Michigan hasn't played anybody. they their only good team. They would have played would be Ohio State, and they lost. They do not get in. So we got five teams. We well, got we'll Penn State this week, but ooh, that <laughs> that's gonna get seriously wild. All right, this is when, seriously wild, dude. All right, so you got Georgia, Tennessee. Tennessee's out. So you got Georgia, USC, UCLA. I say whoever wins that game, they're alive. Then you have Oklahoma State, Clemson. So it's Georgia, Oklahoma State, Clemson. When are you at we'll call it USC. Oh my god. Um What do you do? Do you value the SEC? Do you value the right. USC team? Alright, alright, all right, all, right, all right. They're obviously going to
1: Okay, hold on how about this? Oh Instead god. of configuring this, you make your prediction on who's gonna be the four and I'm gonna make mine.
0: You okay. All right. In order. Alright, so we know all right, one of Ohio State, two Alabama. I think three Clemson does not win the ACC, or they do? They don't.
1: This is your call, buddy.
0: No, I'm asking you. Did, did, did they win the ACC in this scenario? No,
1: this is a scenario that we're not talking configuring conspiracy, Nothing. This is your pick.
0: Oh, the pick. Oh, this is just completely like right who I think is gonna go. Who I think for? Okay, so I don't think any of this crap's gonna happen. I think we're all just being crazy. I think I don't. Cause we always all the through this and never and some. Because college football is way too um, unpredictable. Okay, I think it's going to be the number one team in the nation. Will be and it will be the Ohio State Buckeyes. Will get the number one seed. I think Georgia will get the number two seed. You can flip flop those however they want. I still think both teams are going thirteen and zero. I still think both teams are winning their conference. Uh, put them one two however it should be would be. I don't care. And they'll be playing for
1: the sake of bias. Ohio State one. Okay, Ohio State Georgia one. Two.
0: Georgia two. Number three will be the Clemson Tigers, and number four will be the USC Trojans. That's what I got. So. And it will be. Oh, I want to do it. It will be Georgia versus USC in LA for the national championship. And Georgia's going to Molly Wapum, the prediction.
1: Okay, Georgia won. I mean, Ohio State won, Georgia two.
0: Okay, so same. Clemson three. Okay.
1: Oklahoma State four.
0: Okay, I don't hate that.
1: Ohio State and Oklahoma State is going to be a better game, people think. Ohio State's going to win. Okay. Clemson's going to play Georgia, and Georgia's going to kill them. Yep. So Ohio State, Georgia. Ohio State's going to win the whole thing.
0: Okay. Screw you! But okay, um, Georgia's gonna win it all, and I'm gonna get my face tattooed on Tim's back. You know about that bet, right? No. You don't? No. Okay. So Tim, our athletic trainer, and I made a bet a while back. I mean, a while back, like way before baseball like before baseball season, I said, Tim, if the Atlanta Braves or the Georgia Bulldogs repeat, you got to get a my face tattooed on your back. If neither one of them do though, I have to be your female dog of the day for a day, and he's gonna make that day hey. awful. Oh, it's gonna be bad. Like he's already got a French maid's costume picked out for me. And if they both do, he has to get uh, Noah cheese. He has to get his face tattooed on uh, on a face tattoo on his back too. If they both repeat. Not going to lie, I'm obviously extremely nervous, but, I mean, I, it's not any more nervous I would, wouldn't would be around this time of the year with postseason. Also, how about them Mets? God, how about them Mets? I mean,
1: they choke artists, not. I love it. I love it. First, two of the best arms in the game they still can't figure
0: and it out. And neither one of them are going to be there next year. Jacob DeGrom is going to be in Atlanta Brave. Edwin Diaz is probably going to be playing for the Phillies, and it's going to be awesome. It'll be awesome. I cannot wait for Jacob DeGrom. The Braves are just going to gonna be good again. Yeah, I mean, the Braves are going to be good. I mean, they just locked up Strider for the next six years. But, um, yeah, that bet could really suck for me or be extremely awesome. I think either way it's going to be objectively just hilarious. Um, but I'm I'm cautiously optimistic because, I mean, obviously the dogs are – they got a good shot at winning it. But I think the Braves – oh, man. Oh, this Braves team – they got hot at the right time. I'm, I'm feeling it. I, I am feeling it. I'm going to be a nervous wreck for the next month plus. But I can't wait. It's going to be a fun ride. Uh, what else? You got any other class football you want to get into? Heisman winner prediction uh, CJ Stroud, Oklahoma State. Uh, he doesn't play for Oklahoma State, but. Ohio State. You know what I mean. I'm going to go out on the limb here.
1: And I would take these odds, if I'm being fully honest, I would take these odds if the Heisman voting and the Heisman winner came down to genuinely who deserves it. Ooh, I based, think I know you're going to say not based on, Not based on if your team went undefeated or not. Blake Corum, Michigan running back. Mm. Hold on, just, just for one second. I want you guys to hear these stats through five games. I'm sorry, six games. I want you guys to just hear me out.
0: Corum's good. I think Corum's Just for a second, Quorum's six good. games.
1: Six games. Six games. Six games. Okay, okay. so s- six games. So an, an, a pretty good day. Pretty good day for a running back is 80 yards on the ground, yeah. I would say. And a touchdown. 80 and a touchdown is a good day. 735 yards, 11 touchdowns. 11 touchdowns.
0: That's good. No, There might be easier. more
1: touchdowns than the Gators have scored this season it taking def- out
0: Eastern Washington the game. It definitely is. I don't that, know that's that more a touchdowns in than definitely. a lot
1: of teams in football.
0: Oh, yeah. I'll tell you another guy who could mess around and win it. I'm sorry, win it. Who could mess around and win it, especially if he pulls off one of these next two upsets. what you're going to say. Who?
1: Mississippi State quarterback. No. Will Rogers. I mean, Have you yeah, seen his stats? Yeah,
0: yes and no. Yes and no. Yes and no. He's yes having a no. Joe Burrow year. Yes and no. Yes and no. That's also in a Mike Leach offense, but either way. What do you yeah, mean? Yeah, does yeah, it mean? Yeah, 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 okay, yes and no, but I don't. Think so, guy. I'm thinking it's quarterback in the SEC, Hendon Hooker. Bingo. Cause I'm not putting past the possibility they can't go and beat Georgia, lose to Alabama, beat Georgia.
1: Vice versa, one of them's gonna happen.
0: They genuinely might both happen, and they might win the whole thing.
1: Tennessee yeah. might shock the world mm. and win the Natty.
0: No, I'm not ready for that. I don't know, cause there's nothing worse than winning the national championship and then the year after one of your rivals winning it, it sucks. Look at Mississippi State baseball. Like, nobody remembers they, they won the national title. Everybody remembers Ole Miss winning it now. That's a very good point. I don't know. God, no. No, I'm not. No, it's not going to happen. They're going to lose both of them. They're going to go 10-2, and, and they're going to go to the Peach ball and they're going to be freaking happy about it. All right, it was a long episode. You got anything else? All right, love you all. Here is Weber International University head football coach Eric Potocini. All right, we welcome on a very, very special guest and uh, my head coach, Coach Eric Patoschny, Coach Pooch. How you doing, day man? I'm doing good, thank you. Yes, I really appreciate you coming on. You're obviously, a huge win for us Saturday night against Southeastern. Just want to say thank you for coming on and yeah, let's get rolling, Josh. Um,
1: I had a couple questions for you. You know, I watched the game Saturday, had it on my computer. Um, I mean, on Thursday we did a podcast and. I did predict the Fire 2 win as an outsider. That's what I predicted. But That'll I did take. also mention that Weber could win with all the freshness, you know, the, a lot of preparation. So um, first question, you know, how big is this win over the Fire this weekend for, for the program?
2: I, I think it's a good win for the program. Uh, more excited for our players than anything, um, you know, with all the hard work and, and everything they put in. And uh, it's, it, it's tough to be a college football player for sure. You know, with everything you have to do from, you know, the academic side to the meetings, the practice and all that. Um, and, you know, where it's it's very demanding of their time and very demanding physically. Uh, so just excited for the players, excited for the team, you know, to where they can, you know, start to feel a little bit more of their, uh, you know, their hard work and the, and, the, and everything they put into it and start to reap some benefits from that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it felt great, you know, just as a player getting that win. It, it meant a lot for us. I mean, someone who's only been here for two years, I obviously don't know the full history between Weber and Southeastern. It was first win against the Fire since 2014. You know, you, you've been at Weber here for pretty much 20 years, most of your collegiate, football career collegiate, uh, and obviously your coaching career has been spent here at Weber as assistant coach, a coordinator, a player, now head coach. Now, what does it mean just going not just beating southeastern but beating southeastern at victory field
2: yeah i think if you go back and uh you know look at some of the statistics and we talked about it you know the other day in in uh, in our in the coaching office and and with the team it's they're they're pretty good at home right. you know they've only lost a handful of games since they've started football uh you know since the inception so though they're, they're a very good football team they're very good at home they're competitive it's a tough environment to play in um, so in having our players to be able to adjust to that environment, you know, adjust to the competition on the field, you know, definitely picking up that win, I think it's, um, it's great for our program, it's great for our university, and, you know, it's great for our team. Absolutely.
1: So um, you see this trend a lot in, in, like, higher levels of college football, Division One, and things like that in the NFL as well. Um, a, slight, a slight upset in, in most people's eyes, you know, you see a lot of teams sometimes have like that hangover effect for the following week against an opponent that you potentially could be superior to. So what's it going to take this week at practice to, to kind of avoid that hangover and make sure you're well prepared like you were this past week?
2: Right. Well, I mean, I do think everybody um, is obviously, you know, it's a huge win for the program. Everybody thinks that we upset Southeastern. Um, I think to me, you know, we were confident going into the game. You know, so to us, it wasn't an upset, it was an expectation. And um, so I think that the guys are, you know, they got the little taste of the win and our preparation last week, uh, and you know, I told our team in our team meeting that it's, it's the best I've seen since I've been here. Yes. Um, now, it, it kind of reminded me of, you know, week of preparation back in 2014 when we were competing for the conference championship there in the last few weeks of that season. Uh, but I think our preparation last week, both physically and mentally, was on point. Um, even leading up to, you know, you know, I talked to the guys about the pregame meal and just the the, the um, you know that you could tell the focus, the mental focus of the guys. And um, you know, again, that week of preparation leading up to it, you know, we were pretty excited to get on the field with them, and uh, the kids were definitely uh, you could tell they were excited to play in that environment and um, I'm just glad it worked out for him.
0: Yeah, you know, as a player, my point of view from it, it was definitely the best week of practice that we've had since I got here last year, and by far the best practice we've had this year. You uh, said 2014 for for y'all towards the end of the year. is kind of similar to when we went and beat Faulkner. We, You know, we were, I think, 0-6 at the time. Mm-hmm. We were facing a really good, I think, 5-1, 6-1 and Faulkner team comes to Babson Park, and, you know, we, we punched them in the mouth, and stuck with it later on but I think the big point and you and I talked about it after the game coach was game day now obviously you have to have a good week at practice which we did but I walked in the trainer room around noon and everybody was focused locked in and it's okay it's training room. that's usually how, how it is then we get a pre-game meal and it's almost silent you have everybody either listening to music or watching the St. Thomas Kaiser game and on the bus. There was a little bit of talking, a little rowdiness right before we took off. But before that road got off the dirt road and hit hit the pavement towards Lakeland, it was silent. Everybody was locked in. And then it was almost like a release of energy when we started warming up. About 30 minutes before the game, the entire team comes out, and you, we, we could just feel it. And, you know, it's something simple, something that we do before practice every day is the Warrior Jacks, you know, W-A-R or whatever. And, and before the game, I... <laughs> It was as loud as it's ever been. It was like everybody was focused, everybody was energized. Yeah, playing in that environment, we were ready to go. But I completely agree with you in saying that it's – I don't think there will be the hangover. I think it's a realization that we are a program that can compete in in this conference. And I think a lot of that has to do with the coaching staff and the coaching staff that you've built when you you took over as head coach and – you, you were making your coaching staff, what were you looking for? Who were like the guys you were looking for to build the staff and execute the vision you had for Weber football?
2: Well, I mean, there's no doubt. It's small college football and coaching is a grind. I yeah. mean, um, you know, coaches have to work minimum 75 hours a week mm-hmm. plus. So it, it's gotta be coaches that understand the, the importance of that grind, understand that, you know, it's, there's no job too small uh, for all the different things that we have to do from a program side, you know, from the equipment room to taking care of the field to coaching a position. You know, we've got team one, we've got team two. You know, some of the guys splitting, not, not even double duty, but quadruple duty, you know, trying to get everything done. Uh, so the coaches that we look for are guys that, that understand that grind and, um, you know, that are willing to put the work in and, the, and, the, and to take that necessary time to to develop our players not only – you know, physically, but mentally, academically, mm. you know, all those things kind of encompass that. So it's, it's tough. It is hard to find coaches, um, you know, but I think we've got a good staff. They work, they work hard together. And uh, they understand that uh, the importance of what we're trying to do. And um, so I think we're moving in the right direction. You know, we're, we're nowhere close to where we want to be at, but I think we, we've got it out, you know, off the ground and moving in the right direction. Now it's, you know, it's up to the coaches and the, and the players to keep it moving that way. Absolutely.
1: Speaking of you know right direction um, definitely going in the right direction because last year my first year here as a transfer student and hadn't really heard much about the football program then I kind of like watched how the season progressed and I didn't you know, I wasn't very many wins didn't really know anybody I was just like I don't know like what to expect with with our football team here and then I met Reagan in the in the during baseball season and we got to become really good friends and we got this thing up and running and then um, started to become friends with a lot of football players. So I was kind of getting to know like their daily life over the summer, spring, et cetera. And I noticed, and with the new strength coach as well, I started to notice like, you know, like a chip on a lot of people's shoulders and I thought it was interesting. Um, so bouncing off that, what would you say is probably the focal point of you and your coaching staffs? Like what would you say like that main message is to your group? Um, in terms of like you're rebuilding your program? like What's like the main thing that you kind of preach to your players that keeps you guys yeah. running forward every day?
2: Well, you, uh, let me speak on our, our strength coach, Coach Craig. I mean, he's do, he does a phenomenal job. We put a lot on him as far as, you know, from the strength conditioning side and working with team one and team two and coaching you know coaching the position. So he's got a lot of things that he's working on, but he's doing a great job for us. Uh, but last year, we, you know, when we first, you know, uh, trying to restart the program basically, um, it's It's been tough for sure. Uh, we knew that it was going to get worse before it got better. Uh, we knew – but we had to start with our – in the locker room, basically. And we had to start with the, the mindset of our players and our culture. And some of those players that were with us, you know, two years ago, they couldn't make it in, in our culture and the things that we were trying to establish. Um, so that that portion is definitely – the toughest and that's where we knew we had to start at because that had to be the main focus from the very beginning is to get players that, that understand, you know, what we were trying to build as far as from a program standpoint, um, get them to understand, you know, not only was it about football stuff, but it was about building a family and 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 trying to come closer together and not uh, to uh, get them to not neglect their academics and all those things. Uh, so that's, that's definitely, what it, is and always will be the hardest part, you know, is, is the locker room side and getting guys to kind of play together. And uh, so we did just start to see that kind of gel there towards the end of season when, you know, Reagan, you spoke about beating Faulkner and then, you know, we, we uh, you know, lost a heartbreaker to FloMo at the yeah. end and, you know, beat Warner pretty bad last year. That was fun. Um, so, but all those things, you know, started to kind of come, come into play last year, you know, when guys finally started to believe And, um, you know, that was something that we weren't going to shy away from this year, Um, you know, as far as that standard and the things that we were trying to do. Um, But there's definitely been no shortage of adversity this year. You know, we're trying to battle through, you know, losing almost a practice every week and, you know, lightning this and lightning that and, uh, you know, delays in games. Hurricane. Hurricane, forfeited games. I mean, we haven't really – our team one guys haven't played a full game in over a month. You know, so it was good because they got to get back healthy, but you can't simulate game day. You
1: cannot.
2: You know, you can't simulate game conditioning. Um, So, and and the mental aspect of having to be able to go lock in for for four quarters of, you know, three and a half, four hours at a time, you can't simulate that. You know, so that was something that we were concerned about. But, again, I think with the the culture and the things that we're trying to do there, you know, kind of start bringing that stuff together where guys want to go play and compete for each other.
0: Yeah, I think you brought up a really good point there. Towards the end, end of the season, there was definitely that shift. We we win two of our last three, and I, I mean everybody in the locker room can can agree we feel like we should have won the last three. Things just didn't go our way, and down in Miami Gardens that that happens. But we were very we, we were very upbeat because we, we were there in a lot of the games we played. I think Kaiser, Saint Thomas, Southeastern, all three games were relatively close uh, for through three quarters, and we lose them in the fourth. But we do we beat Faulkner, who. At the times, I think they were uh, top fifteen ranked team, definitely top twenty, and then we beat Warner the way we beat them. I think that was a very good way for us to go into the off season and build off of that. Then obviously, you spoke on bringing Coach Craig in. I mean, I I, I am I can attest he got us conditioned right. I mean, January, February, into spring ball, it was an, an absolute grind. But Coach, focusing just a little bit more about you and your time here at Weber, you got here at two, in two thousand two uh, for the inaugural team, one of the Shed Boys. Uh, for 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 the Warriors back in the day, I'm not gonna ask you too much about your party life or your student life here at Weber in the early two thousands. But how has Weber changed overall? You know, not not only for football and as athletic department, but as a school overall since two thousand two.
2: Well, I mean, we've we've definitely grown in a lot of different areas. Um, you know, from the academic side to, you know, adding different majors and the and the things that we're trying to do there from that side with, you know, our our health sciences degrees and all those things, I think that's really going to be that's really going to be great. Uh, you know, from improving the, you know, the cafeteria and, and building new dorms, you know, and all those things, because you know we had the Miranda dorm, Camilla, yeah, you know, we had Camilla, and you had Grace. The other dorms weren't here. You know, you had Miranda, then you have A and B. Was it uh, Rose and Strickler? Right. None of those were here. Um, you know, the turf field that we have now. You know, we used to actually walk across the street and walk down the road where the soccer field is at now that's where we used to practice We had to walk to that field every day, you know, so it's 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 come a long way and um, you know, it's it's we're definitely like I said, we're making progress on all aspects, you know, university wise too, uh, but we're excited about the future, not only of the program, but the university and, the, you know, the different things that we have in place now.
0: Absolutely. I think usually at Weber, I mean, the last two last years since I got here, all the accomplishments that's happened, ba- ba- baseball, excuse me, baseball and softball make the World Series for the first time. Football beat Southeastern for the first time in seven years. Uh, I believe it was like the sixth loss they've ever had. On the road, and you see all these other improvements in other sports. Volleyball is off to one of its better starts in program history. Both basketball teams are both like its Soccer strong. programs, hey, both soccer programs are as well. I mean, it's men's soccer seven and and0 and women's soccer is seven seven and one now. So very very, and they only lost the number one team in the country. Very good for all athletics.
1: Speaking of success, um, you had a lot of success here at Weber. You know, back in two thousand and six, led the nation in tackles with one hundred and forty one in only ten games. Um, all American season, so everybody that plays sports models their game after somebody. I mean, I model my game as a catcher off, you know, big league catcher. So who are some of the guys that you maybe modeled your game after when you were playing?
2: I'm going to think back a little bit on that. <laughs> <laughs> bit of gears turning a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think. I mean, there was probably I would say, I mean, several people. I guess the three that kind of stood out to me. Of course, I mean, you got to go with Ray Lewis, one of the greatest linebackers of all time. Oh, yeah. Um and then around that time too you had Zach Thomas, which was a, you know, undersized linebacker that uh you know, played for the Dolphins. Then you had uh Brian Erlecker, who was a great player for the Bears. Um so I, I probably probably those three really stand out to me the most, I would say. Um most people probably don't know who those guys are, but uh, I know
0: two. I know two of the three.
2: I know, I know all three. Yeah, right, mm-hmm. the,
0: the, the, the Miami, the Miami ones. I'm, I'm a little shaky on, but mm-hmm. Urlach, Urlacher, you know, y'all kind of look alike too. You know, the Chrome Dog, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: And I like Zach Thomas because he was a he was an undersized linebacker. He was probably, right. you know, five eleven, six foot, about two hundred and thirty pounds. You know, playing yeah. in the NFL for a long, long time, yeah. so.
0: Yeah, so I mean, we can pivot off of that, guys that you looked at and you looked up to. I mean, and over the last twenty years here at Weber, you know, a couple of years you went and played arena ball. We'll get into that a little bit later. But you, who are some guys, you know, when you were coaching here as assistant coach, defense coordinator, now as a head coach, that kind of reminds you of you of yourself.
2: Well, the, um, you know, I, I always kind of took the mentality of you know I wasn't I wasn't the strongest, I wasn't the fastest you know but i was going to you know study film and and work hard and and nobody was going to outwork me right and um you know i think we've had we've had a lot of those guys really over the years and it's um you know the good thing about those type of players it's it's um they understand the importance of hard work you know and um both not only athletically but academically as well and um i guess one of the guys that you know he's probably 10 years ago now a kid named Nate Keller was a was you know, very good on and off the field for us. Um, you know, we have some good guys now that are with us as well. Um, but again, it's, uh, you know, I think that the guys that, that understand the importance of, you know, of team, and, and again, regardless of the situation, just go work hard every day. Right. You know, and you are, and that's what I told the guys yesterday in the team meeting, you know, you are in control of yourself, you can control, you know, your output by what you put into it. So, you know, go work hard every day, and, uh, you know, be the best version of you that you can be on a daily basis, and that's all anybody can ever ask for. So.
1: Um, like Reagan just mentioned, after whenever you played some some arena football, um, how would you say, like, what would be some of the biggest differences between 11-man football and then, like, arena football?
2: Well, it's a lot different, I'll say that. The, uh, I think the most exciting part is, um, you know, the, the field being so much smaller, you know, the fans literally sit, like, right on top of the walls. Yeah. You know, so that kind of makes it a little bit more exciting. Um, you know, the um, a lot of people say that the, the game is faster indoors, you know, but it's, it, to me, it really wasn't faster, just kind of perceived that way, you know, just because it is on more of a confined space. Um, but it's exciting to play, you know, it, it's, it is a different game, you know, with being on, you know, less players, smaller field, all those things, more of a passing type league. Um, but I think the other exciting part about that, too, is the teams that I was a part of were all very close-knit, tight teams. You know, we all lived together, we ate together, we hung out together, we practiced together, we worked out together. It was like extended
0: of college almost. Yeah,
2: but without the, without the uh, classes. Oh, oh that's, that, that's a lot. Yeah. So it was
0: all the best parts about being a college athlete. Yeah,
2: and you got paid a little bit. So, oh, yeah. But, again, you know, we kind of – that that part of it too, and you know, end up winning a couple of championships. You know, and I think that was just because of the cohesion of the teams and how tight everybody was, and you know, we went and played hard for each other.
0: Right, coach. Uh, I got one, one more question for you. Uh it, it seems Weber, since you've taken over, if, if, if we look just at the beginning of last year, we go to Lindsey Wilson and get get smacked around a little bit, and the Pikeville game obviously did not go well. From there to where we are now with the big win against Faulkner. We beat, we got the trophy back against Warner. We've beaten Southeastern. We've obviously taken a lot of big steps. What's it going to take for Weber to continue to go and continue to take, I mean, take that next step? I mean, obviously I think the next step that all the boys have are getting the top 25 and win the conference championship and then build on from, from that as a program after. So what's it going to take and what's the ultimate goal for Weber football?
2: Well, I mean, this kind of dates back to last year when we first took the program back over you know, regardless of the outcomes of the games that our expectations were gonna change. Right. You know, we were going to still make sure that we had, again, go back to the locker room culture was was where it needed to be. That was the foundation of what we were trying to do, you know, and we didn't see those results really start to pay off towards the end of the year last year, which was tough. You know, and there's times last year where, I, you know, I started to question myself, like, are we doing this the right way? And, you know, I decided that that, um, you know, with the discipline side and the accountability side and the things that we wanted, we weren't going to, we were gonna, you know, go away from that because right. that's what we knew we had to get done. Um, so, yeah, it started to pay off towards the end of the year last year. And, uh, you know, we were in a bunch of games early on in the year. Absolutely. And it does make it tough for a team to buy in completely, you know, if you're not winning games. They don't understand the process, so to speak, that coaches understand, you know. Understand that it's a day-in and day-out grind, you know, to try to get where we're trying to get to, and it, and it's a tough road. Uh, but that's the biggest thing, I think, with, with even the win from last year with Warner and Faulkner, and now we got Southeastern, is now the players are starting to see, like, okay, maybe the coaches do know what they're talking yeah. about a little bit. Um, but, you know, hard work always pays off. You know, sometimes it doesn't pay off as fast as you want it to, uh, but I think that is the good thing about that is, you know, we're going to stay consistent with our expectations. We're not going to look too far ahead. You know, the only thing we're worried about right now is, you know, we're watching film today, we got practice tomorrow, you know, and we're, we got Ave on Saturday. That's our preparation is we're worried about Ave on Saturday. Yes, sir. Anything else that happens past that point, you know, well, that's, that's too far ahead. Yes, sir. So we just take it one day at a time, and then we kind of, you know, work, get the guys to work hard and go from there.
0: Absolutely, Josh. Got anything else for coach? Uh,
1: w- one thing, a little bit funny. Um, <clears throat> like I said, I was watching the game. and you know, I watched everybody. You know, join the field, shake hands. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, any idea who dumped that water on you?
2: I got a couple ideas, but uh, <laughs> it was definitely cold. I think he might be sitting kind of close to me right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah I, I saw that, and you know, I enjoyed it. It made me happy because I was watching the game, and like I said, I had met a lot of a lot of the guys, and I met Coach Craig the other day. Told him. I appreciate what he's doing, with you know, because he's my friends at this point. So I appreciate everything he he does. Um, and I watched that that loss to um, Cumberland's, and and I'll, you guys were right there. It was just so close and beating Southeastern, like in all sports. Because in my opinion, I think Weber is has a better rivalry than Warner. I think I think Weber c- can compete against Southeastern because Southeastern is notably uh, has a better program than both of us. And after softball and after baseball competed with Southeastern at such a high level. I think football, it made me happy that football is also competing in that way because I think all these guys deserve it, you know, after a, a tough year last year and off to an incredible start. You know, it made me real happy to see you guys get that win, and I appreciate you coming on with us.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that.
0: Yep, Coach, really appreciate If you got anything else you want to say or anything, it's all you. If not, I really appreciate you coming on, man.
2: Yeah, I just, um, I guess, you know, I appreciate all the coaches, you know, working hard, and, um, you know, it's – Like we talked about, the time commitment that they have to put in is – I mean, it's tough every day. Uh, But just to the players, man, continue to work, continue to focus, and uh, just take it one day at a time.
0: Yes, sir. Will do. Thanks, Coach.
2: I appreciate it.